That is our series, These Things Never Change, as we continue to look in the Word of God to further understand the doctrines of the church, what we believe and why we believe what we believe. I invite you to turn in your copy of God's Word to Matthew. Matthew chapter 16 is where our message will begin. In Matthew chapter 16, our reading will begin at verse 15. Matthew chapter 16 now, our reading will begin at verse 15. On last week, if you're with us, we were looking at the Word of God, the Scripture, and how we understand God's Word to be inspired and inerrant and always true. We looked at the Scriptures to learn more of God and to hear from God. And on this day, this Sunday, we're looking into the Word of God to see what His Word says about the church. In fact, if you have your journals, if you picked up a copy in the foyer that's made available to you uh, by our church family, I invite you to get one of these. It has a church logo on it that you can take notes along the way um, as we continue in this series. We want to make sure that all that is covered you're able to retain and hopefully share with others. And so on this Sunday, uh, we're going to be looking at the church. Coming from what may be a familiar passage of Scripture to some of us, as Jesus is dialoguing with his disciples, inquiring of them. In the 15th verse, Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Read that verse once more in our, our hearing. Jesus says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. On this Sunday, we want to look at this passage and others with this understanding in our minds, and that is the church, for the church belongs to Christ. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? So, Father, here we are, once more in this sacred space as we have sung praises unto you, for you indeed are worthy of it all. We now turn our attention to your written word, asking that you would uh, breathe afresh upon us that we might not only hear the word, but that your word might be deposited as a seed into the soil of our hearts and minds, that it might take root and produce fruit for your glory, that we might go forth in loving you better and loving each other more, that in our lives you will receive all the glory. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Every, well, most every holiday can be traced back to a holy day. Most every holiday can be traced back to a, a holy day. And Mother's Day is just like that. For Mother's Day originated 
in a holy festival held by the church, particularly in the UK and parts of Europe, where they would celebrate on the fourth Sunday following Lent, the first fourth Sunday of Lent, they would celebrate what they call Mother Sunday. On Mothering Sunday was when the saints back then would gather up and go into their, their mother church to celebrate God's goodness and the faithfulness of God in their lives. And from that holy festival was birthed Mother's Day, where we celebrate the gift of motherhood. It began there, connected to a festival in the church. In fact, Cyprian of Carthage said it this way, one cannot have God for his father who has not the church for his mother. I, I can understand that, and I hope you can too. Because I know my mother is, is listening online. I spoke to her this morning and celebrated uh, her um, by, by thanking God for her, and I also want to thank God for the mother of my children, uh, my baby girl, Kiana, thank God for you, uh, and all the mothers in the house would thank God for you. Uh, but, but perhaps you're a mother like my mother, or you had a mother like my mother, because as I can recall, Melissa, being in my mother's house, um, there is ne has never been a Sunday where the people in her house were not, I, I want to say drug, but I'm going to go ahead and say taken to church. No, Erica, I mean, I mean really, I, I want you to understand this, that, that it was so, such a fabric, uh, part of the fabric of our lives that I can't recall a time as a child, as a young adult, when I was in my mother's home where on Sunday morning we did not go to church. Now, now Randy, I, I got to go ahead and preface this because, Sonia, everybody don't know my context of growing up. So let me help you understand what I mean when I say we were going to church. When I say we were going to church, uh, we began service at 8 a.m. Now, now don't, don't disconnect here because uh, you disconnect too early because we began at 8 a.m., but Anthony, by 9 a.m., we were in Sunday school. And after Sunday school, um, now it was for main worship time, and that was at 11 a.m. And I know some of you right now because you're thinking in your minds, right, that it got over at 12 p.m. No. No, 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 we, we, we pushed past till about 2 p.m. And you had a brief break where you were able to run to grandma's house. For me, it was across the street and, and eat a little bit to run back because at 3 p.m. was BTU. Some of y'all know that. That's Baptist Training Union. And if that were not enough, after BTU, you got to get ready for evening service. Y'all don't understand how y'all have it right now. Uh, uh, evening service that would last till about 8 p.m. So I want you to catch this now because on Sunday, it was a 12-hour day of celebrating in the church. Yeah. I was, um, I remember uh, when I finally built up the courage to ask my mother, Mom, why do we go to church so much? Which she said, if you are a Christian, you are the church, and that's why we do church. Come here, saints of God. I'm just trying to help you understand something. That when you hear the term church, I'm not referring to a building or an edifice or even this space that we occupy. 
When you hear the term church, I'm speaking specifically of the body of Christ, that, that group that God has called out. In fact, the word for church is ecclesia, and in the text we just read was the first time it's used in the New Testament, and Christ used it to describe the people that he would make for him himself. Because he says to Peter's declaration, he says, upon this rock, this truth that you have declared, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon that truth that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is deity, he is God. Upon that belief, that truth, Christ says, I will build my church. I hope you get this. Christ didn't say, I will build the church. He didn't even say, I will build a church. Christ said, I will build my church. We'll get there in a moment. Gregory, first thing we need to understand as we understand the doctrine of the church within the context of our Christian, our Christian belief is that the church is created by Christ. Church is created by Christ. He says, I will build. I will construct. I will make my church. There's a reason why no one's name is on this building. There's a reason why there's no name that's on the marquee outside. Shannon, there's a reason because only one person only one person deserves to be proclaimed in this place, and that's the person who gave his life and died that we might be the church. In fact, uh, this week, next week, um, and all the weeks following, every week we have a meetings with certain members and staff members of the church. Every, every week, every week, particularly on Tuesday, we will have a meeting. In fact, last Tuesday we had a meeting, Tuesday before then we had a meeting, and part of our meeting cycle is for me to meet with the worship team. We, we come together and we pray about the service and, and we began to plan and seek the Holy Spirit's guidance as to what we should speak on and, and how we should direct this service to go. And, as, and it never fails that every time we're in that meeting, somebody asks, well, pastor, what will the message be about? And it never fails. Every meeting I tell them the same answer, Jesus that we declare Jesus because Jesus is the creator of the church. Not only does Christ create the church, not only is the church created by Christ, but the church is constructed of Christians. It's created by Christ and it's constructed of Christians. I told you, the place we're in, we, we call it the church, but this brick and mortar, this beautiful edifice, this sacred space is not who Christ died for. That Christ died for a people who constitutes the church. Uh, the first church, uh, when 
uh, Christ uh, was ascending, um, before, just before he ascended, he gathered his disciples together and he told them uh, to, to wait in Jerusalem, wait into the upper room until they are endowed by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit come and endow them with power that they might be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost part of the world. Well, guess what? As Christ promised, the Holy Spirit did come. When the Holy Spirit came, the church was born. And I want you to hear how the writer of Acts, Acts um, defines or describes the church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 47, this is what he says they were doing as a church. They were praising God. This is what they were doing as a church. They were praising God. That, that, that's what the church does. And having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Don't, don't miss this. That Christ constructs his church out of Christians, believers, those who have followed the lordship of Christ, those who've confessed Christ as Lord of their lives. They make up the church, you and I. When we have placed our faith in Christ, we become the church. I hope you get this. Now, there are those who come in church gatherings who may have not given their lives to Christ, and though they may be around the church, may be among people in the church, they do not constitute what is the church. The church are believers who believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the church. But hold on. The church are those who not only believe in God, but are indwelt by the Spirit of God who's within us eternally. That's the church. Amen. And the church is constructed by Christians. But not only is the church created by Christ, and the church constructed of Christians, the church is a community, is the community of Christians. And when I say that, you have the church, big C, you know, part of our, our focus, our priorities as a church family is to strengthen the church, big C, the universal church. So every believer everywhere on the planet, believers in the past, believers in the present, believers to come are all a part of the church. That's a universal church. And that's good news for us because that means that anywhere you go where there are those who are gathering to celebrate and praise our God, Jesus Christ, when they're gathering in that space, that means you're welcomed in the place because you are part of the Big C Church. Um, not only are you part of the Big C Church, you're also a part of the, the universal, the, the local church. So you have the universal church and you have the local church, the local expression of the church, which are the community of Christians. So when you read the New Testament, you see all through New Testament writings where it says to the church at Jerusalem and the church at Rome and the church at Corinth and the church at Ephesus because there were local representations of the big C church. And you would be blessed to be a part of the church because when you really understand the text, the reality is you cannot be a Christian or a believer and not be a part of the church. Okay, I'm going to 
That means then, if, if you um, are following Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you don't look for a church, you're sent to the church so that you can be the church, which means no believer should be in between churches. Uh, I need to look at friends when I say this kind of stuff. Because we are a community. God's made us a community. Check out what Ephesians, and we'll be in Ephesians for a little while. Check out what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 declares. So then you, the church, are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Do you see it there? That the Bible says that as a church, you're a part of a membership. You're a part of a fellowship. You're a part of a household because in Christ, those who are in Christ are brothers and sisters in Christ that constitutes the church. Now, we don't look the same. Sometimes we don't even act the same. And can I tell you a little bit about church? Sometimes it's a secret. Pull in, pull in. Sometimes we don't even get along. But we're no less the church. Now, don't start judging the church because there are people in church you may not get along with because the truth be told, if we were to look at your house and your family, okay, I'm going to just look at mine, just, just my family, uh, my family, and we have, we have kids, and, and sometimes everybody don't see eye to eye, and sometimes they don't get along. I know what Rodney King said, but sometimes we don't get along. Come here, come here. But it doesn't change the fact that we're family. Doesn't change the fact that we have the same blood. But come here, saints of God, that when you're in the body of Christ and you are a child of God, you are a part of the church and you're covered by the same blood. The blood of Calvary that covers us and washes away all our sins and it connects us one to another. That's why you're my brother and you're my sister. I'm your brother. And together we become the household of God. Uh, that's what we are. Uh, we're, we're a community of Christians. I don't know if we're community Christians, um, but the church leads this community because the church is led by Christ. The church is, is led by Christ. In fact, in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, the 15th verse, the word of God says, rather, speak, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. But the Bible says that, that Christ is the head, giving us the metaphor that a church is the body of Christ. And as a church being the body of Christ, the church reflects the character of Christ, the will of Christ, the purpose of Christ. Come here, I'm trying to help you understand something. That we don't control the church, that God controls the church, because God leads the church. It is the Spirit of God that comes within the church to guide the church, because it's led only by one head. I hope you catch this. It's led by one head. My old pastor said it this way, Fred. He said, if a body has two heads, that's a monster. There's only one leader of the church, and that's Christ Jesus. Now, there are offices that God places within his church as he leads his church, but don't get this thing twisted. Christ is the leader of the church, and we are the body. So we're supposed to do what Christ has instructed us to do, because as a church, we're supposed to live and look Christ-like. Now, I want you to think for a moment. If your body 
starts doing some things that your mind didn't tell it to do. It'd be time for you to go get yourself checked out. Am I right in this place? And so the church then should always be in line. We're growing up into the head that is Christ. We're growing up in our relationship with one another as the body of Christ. And somebody's a hand, somebody's an arm, somebody's a foot. But together we make up the body and we do what God has commanded the body of Christ to do. And that's to represent him on the earth. We got to look like him as he, he leads us. But the church is not only led by Christ. Um, Brian and Sonia, we're going to be celebrating this on this Friday as, as you all get ready to, uh, to be married, to be, to be one. Look at them, they're all excited. I'm, I'm excited for you uh, on this Friday. But another meta- metaphor lead that Christ used, the Word of God uses to describe the church is that of a marriage. A marriage, uh, still in Ephesians. Because not only is the church led by Christ, the church is loved by Christ. In Ephesians, it says, husbands, love your wives. Brian, I don't see your lips moving. You're supposed to live. I went over this in counseling with you. You should know this, all right? Uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Don't miss this. That Christ Love the church, that he demonstrated his love for the church. Don't miss this, that before we ever knew him, he demonstrated his love for us, that he gave his life for us, that we might be, here's here's the metaphor, that we might be the bride of Christ. He calls us his own and he loves us. That's why you want to be a part of church. Because when Christ comes back, he's not coming back for a building or a denomination. He's not coming back for a certain ethnicity. He's coming back for his church. Are you a part of it? He's coming back for, for the church. The church is loved by Christ. Oh, and the church also lives in Christ. I hope you got it. The church is led by Christ. The church is loved by Christ. And the church lives in Christ. I'm still in that fifth chapter of Ephesians, that 29th verse. For the word of God says, for no one, um, uh, Sonia, he's still talking about marriage as a metaphor here. Uh, He says, uh, for for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. That the church is nourished by Christ. The church is sustained by by Christ. In fact, Christ is the foundation of the church. That if Christ is not in it, it's not a church. It might be a gathering, but it's not a church. If Christ is not lifted, then it is not a church. But when you come into a church, a church that believes in Jesus Christ, a church that is called out, when you come to church, you ought to hear the name of Jesus. When you come to church, you ought to be in the Word of God. When you come to church, you ought to learn the doctrines of the, of the church. When you come to church, you ought to be filled with the Spirit of Christ. Oh, because when we come to church, we come to church and we, we worship. And I thank God for the church. Because when I come into the church, there are times when I come into church that I'm down. There are times when I come to church, I don't... Can I, can I say that? Um, I can say it, right? I, I, sometimes, you won't believe this, uh, Matt, I don't always feel like coming to church. I got three people in here that are going to go ahead and testify on, on that. I, 
I appreciate that. Uh, I just like to, to tell the truth. Uh, so, sometimes uh, my, my week is so rocky, Peggy, that, 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 that I, I, just, I, just don't, I just don't know what to do. But then something happens when I get to the church. And in the church, we start worshiping because we live in Christ. And as we start worshiping, something is said that sparks my attention today. You know what? I can have hope and trust in God because God is still on the throne. Something is sung that reminds me that, you know what? It is not over. Weeping may endure by night, but joy comes in the morning. But I'm not the only one. Has anybody ever came into church one day and you say, you know what? It's like the pastor knows exactly what I'm going through. It's like he's read my mail, like he's living in my house. And the Holy Spirit began to talk to you because in, when you live in Christ, you're in the church, and when you're in the church, you worship him. Oh, I think about that, that psalm is in Psalm 73. Psalm 73, he, he says, uh, my foot almost slipped. Uh, and then he goes down later in, in, in that same psalm, and he says, but I made it to the house of the Lord. Uh, you, you're missing it. You're missing it. That, that's why we should always gather as a church, because you never know what God has for you, but you only, you, you'll hear from God clearer when you are part of the body of Christ, because the Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit in you, hope that lives in you, will minister to, the whole, to, to me in my time of need, and as a result of it, I will grow closer and closer to God, because you need to be in the church. In fact, I submit to you, Austin, you need to be in the church in order to do what God told you to do. You need to be in the church. There's no Christian that's an island all to themselves. No, I hear some of you, oh, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm just not religious. No, uh, it might be a different spirit because the Bible says uh, the spirit of God that inspired the word of God tells the people of God that they ought not forsake the assembling of themselves. We ought to be a church that is a community in worship to God and in relationship to God. I'm still in the text, y'all. In Ephesians, the second chapter, check out what it says. It says, for through him, Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built up on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows in a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We need, the church is here because we have a relationship, as we are part of church, we have a relationship with the Spirit of God. And like that, we have relationship with members who are also a part of the body of Christ. In fact, we need the Spirit of God to guide our lives. For similar to, um, let me see how I can, I can put this in Mother's Day, so let's put it this way. Um, similar to a mother that has a life growing inside of her, uh, she can't see the life, but every now and then she can feel the life. Come here, saint of God. The reason I come to worship, because every now and then I may not be able to see the Holy Spirit, and you can't see the Holy Spirit, but if you hang around the church long enough, every now and then you'll feel the Spirit. And all of a sudden, you'll have peace, and you'll have, you'll have joy, and you'll be able to celebrate and sing, as we said, a thousand hallelujahs. Why? Because the Holy Spirit indwells and abides in the church. Are you a part of the church? Are you really a part of God's church? But not only did you get relationship when you're living in Christ, lastly, you get discipleship. You get discipleship. You, you, you grow together as the body of Christ. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, 20 verse tells us, but that 
is not the way you learned Christ. Talking about the evil ways and deeds. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupted through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You want to be a part of the church because when you're a part of the church, you grow in your relationship with God. When you're part of the church, you grow in your knowledge of God's word. And when you are part of the church, the Spirit of God that's within you will lead you to live lives of godliness. It'll lead you into righteousness. It'll lead you into holiness. It'll lead you to learn how to forgive. I love being a part of the church because in the part of the church, Anthony, sometimes I have a brother who'll see me and he said, no, nah, Pastor, that ain't right. You know you need to forgive. I ain't the only one up in here. You, you, you in here. Uh, somebody will come alongside you and tell, tell you that it's going to be all right because God has moved in my life and just like God moved in my life, he'll move in your life too. That's why I want to be a part of the church because there are people in here that have testimonies of the truth of God and how he's able to make a way out of no way. Randy, I know it's tough sometimes, but we, we serve a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. If you are a part of the church, you've seen God move in your life. If you're a part of the church, you've seen God open doors and no man can open or close. If you're a part of the church, you've seen God make a way out of no way. If you're a part of the church, you've seen God transform your life. And if he's done anything for you, if he's moved in any way in your life, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm just checking right now. Is there anybody in the church who could say so. Yes, he delivered me. Yes, he brought me out. Yes, he, I can depend on him. Yes, he always fulfills his promises because everything in Christ is yes and amen. That's why you want to be part of the church. Don't miss this. I'm not talking about having your name on a roll. I'm talking about having your name in the Lamb's Book of Life that your eternity, Doug, is secured because you are standing in Christ and living your life for him. Listen to what Hebrews 10 says. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting the meeting of ourselves, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day of the Lord drawing near. We are blessed to be a part of the church. Because the church are the people of God church is created by Christ. Church is constructed of the Christians, those who are living under the lordship of Christ. The church is a community of Christians who gather together because we're better together. And together we live in Christ because we're led by Christ. Don't miss this because you're loved by Christ. Jesus desires 
that you be a part of his family. That you be a part of the family of God. And that you be a part of his church. And the way you become a part of the church is to confess Christ, who is the foundation, the cornerstone, the constructor, the builder of the church. You confess him as your Lord and Savior. And Lucas, you know it, and your life will never be the same. Because when you are part of God's family, you have a promise. He'll never leave you. <laughs> He'll never forsake you. Because you belong to him. Right, you to bow your heads all over the building. One thing to have a knowledge and information about the church. It's a life change to be a part of the church. It's the only way we grow. It's when we say yes to him. And as you have your heads bowed, I want you to be honest with yourself. Ask yourself, have I really given myself to live under the Lordship of Christ? Have I really confessed Jesus Christ as my Savior? Does the Holy Spirit dwell in me that I'm convicted when I sin? That I'm guided by his word? If not, you can be. So as you bow your heads, Father, amongst this congregation of people that you have ordained and called together. Maybe some of us who are just saying yes to you on this day. That we want to live our lives for you. That we want to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior and, and make a profession of faith to follow you as a part of your church. That we can grow and be developed. That we can put off the old way and walk in the newness of life. So I pray that you accept those who are calling out to you. As your word declares, everyone who calls in the name of Jesus shall be saved. We're trusting you to change a life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now as you look up, if you made a decision to follow Christ, I invite you to stand up and declare that Jesus is indeed your Lord and your Savior. If you have been moved by the Spirit of God to be a part of the family of God, I see you, I see you. Say, keep standing, keep standing. Give him a hand. And as a part of the church, when we stand, we don't stand by ourselves. So if you would, I want you to stand all over the building as our pastor. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.